What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have Matt Richards. He's a producer and the owner of Avenue Record Company. We talk briefly about his health journey, and then we dive deep into his story of going from a touring musician to a producer and then ultimately starting his own company called Avenue Record Company. We also talk about the power of mentorship and the idea of building a community and investing in those around us to help them see success and making sure that as a band, you're not getting stuck in the spin cycle of release, fail, release, fail, release, fail, and trying to learn from our mistakes and grow past it. It's an inspiring, inspiring episode. You guys are going to enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Awesome, man. Well, I, I look forward to diving into some music stuff. And like, obviously, just from your background, we can tell that's that's your world. Uh, but I noticed something just looking online that you are on this fitness journey, this health journey. And I'm like a super health nerd. Like I'm literally in between. I, I'm doing this interview in between workouts right now because I'm such a, <laughs> a health nerd. <laughs> and I was curious, it looks like you're doing uh, Beachbody. And I was just curious is has the fitness thing been a part of your life throughout your life or is this a new thing for you? It's been a part of my life. That's actually a great question. It's been a part of my life for most of my adult life, but it's been in a capacity where it's been more off and on. Um, you know, back, uh, I'm 41. I don't know if that's something I need to divulge or not, but, uh, back Dog, when I'm was, 40. So we're in the 40 club, bro. This go, is awesome. Man. There we go. I mean, you know, we're basically the same person at this point. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, back in my late twenties, early thirties, you know, I was in just, I was doing a lot of gigging, a lot of touring. So I wanted to make sure I was in great shape. Um, like with most people, you know, I'm married, we have three kids, twins that are eight and a 10 year old. And, uh, when you get those kids involved, that's it's being a parent is the best thing that's ever happened to me, but it's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to my, uh, physique if you will (laughs) (laughs) put on uh, the parent 15 yeah exactly i I did like the parent 30 i think at one point in my life so (laughs) if only if only um but yeah so i i you know there's a lot of stigmas and stereotypes that go along with uh being an engineer you know uh, and i think one of those stigmas that most guys get is just kind of being the fat guy behind the board and I'm not, I'm not taking shots at anybody. You know, everybody's got to live their best life, how they see uh fit. But to me, I just, I didn't want to fall into that category because I was falling into that category pretty, pretty hardcore. And gotcha. uh, I just felt like, you know, this is just, this is just not who I want to be, you know? So uh, as you stated, I, I kind of fired it up. My wife and I both are, are doing the beach body thing and I'm currently, awesome. uh, throwing punches in the 10 rounds workout. Uh, nice. I think lift four and 10 rounds are probably my two favorite. And, um, they keep my, my out of shape rear end in shape. So I have no complaints. <laughs> so in fact, I just did uh, day three, day four, week three this morning. So nice. That's awesome. And it's something that sounds like, like you said, you, you and your wife are able to do together is a pretty consistent thing for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I don't, we don't do it at the same time, but you know, when I leave for the studio, she, she stays at home with our kids. We homeschool. We, we actually homeschooled before it was, you know, the thing to do. And, uh, <laughs> you're so, like, so old school, you know, yeah. like before it was cool. Yeah, now it's, it's just like, trendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you guys are looking for empathy, being at home with the kids all day. You're looking at the wrong place. 
No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a transition for sure. So I, I definitely feel for people as they make, you know, making that transition about this time last year into full-time parenting, full-time teaching. So, uh, right. but she teaches, she's, she's at home. She, she loves it. That's the life she wants for sure. And, and she wouldn't nice. have it any other way. So, but all that to say, you know, we keep each other more accountable than we actually do the workouts together. So, uh, you know, I'll get home from the studio and ask her and say, Hey, what'd you do today? You know, she'll ask me how it went for me and, you know, just kind of, you know, just trying to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. So. That's cool. Now, is that something that started during the quarantine or you guys been on this journey for a bit? Uh, I, I think it probably started a good, a good time before the quarantine. Um, I was pretty heavily into P90X3 for a while. And, okay. uh, the problem was it wasn't really showing because, um, you know, we live in a town with one of the best, uh, craft breweries in the world as far as i'm concerned and uh, right <laughs> that, that craft beer you know it 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 likes to attach itself to my uh, 41 year old sides and guts so it's it's just one of those things you know it just i was getting in really good shape but i wasn't showing signs of it because my diet was just not where it needed to be and i think the quarantine is kind of what did that for us it was that last little push like hey you don't need to just stay consistent with your exercising you need to get consistent with your diet so Right. Yeah. That the diet thing comes to bite you in the ass real quick. That's uh, my previous bass player. We used to tour a lot together and we, we did a podcast where we were lamenting all the poor choices on the road where <laughs> we, we equated drinking once we got back to the hotel with self-care. <laughs> and yeah. It's like we're, he was running. I was lifting. We'd bring like kettlebells and stuff. But no matter what, it's like we're constantly just fighting this shitty diet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's we ate. Part, we actually started eating pretty healthy, but it was the alcohol that that really uh, yeah. held on because it's, yeah, I self-care is what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, both of, both of us it. are now trying to, trying to relegate it to like, you know, like now it's more like, oh, on a Friday or Saturday, now we can, you know, partake in some whiskey or something like that. And then the, yeah, when you got Boulevard Brewery, when you got so many and so many good places to eat that aren't necessarily yeah. healthy, like, uh, you know, our Kansas City Joe's and, and all that, it's, Oh, it makes it tough in this town. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Q39 has been my friend, but not been my friend at the same time. <laughs> the the burnt ends, man. The burnt ends at Q39. Yeah. Each place, it's like there's there's a particular thing I like. Like the Z-Man, of course, at Casey Joe's is, is my thing. The burnt ends, Q39. I, we could have a whole podcast, I'm sure, about <laughs> barbecue. But yeah. But uh, so, so transitioning into music, I... I this this past week it was hilarious because we've had this set up now for what a month and a half two months something like that yeah uh, I schedule out pretty far I think I'm scheduling to May and June right now and anyways I'm listening to Op Radio or familiar with that podcast yeah that's Ben Wentz podcast is that right right and okay. so I'm listening to it going through it he's my he was my interview like two days ago and uh, I'm just going through it and listen to all the tracks and then all of a sudden Jillian Risco her newest song uh, People in the Real World pops on and i'm as the song starts in i'm like the first thing i thought was who the fuck produced this song this is amazing <laughs> i uh and i got home i texted her i was like this is dope as fuck like who did this she goes oh it's matt richards from avenue <laughs> record company and i'm like she goes i think you're interviewing him soon i go yeah i'm actually interviewing him thursday and bro i am a huge fan like that production was incredible. Like her voice is phenomenal. The song yeah. is great. But as you and I both know, like those things can be there. But if 
you, live it can come out, but in a record, if you don't have good production, if you don't have good engineering, all those other things won't even matter because it, it all gets in the way. Um, and so I, I'm just curious, like, where did this, this passion and this talent and skill for, for producing start for you? No, though, I, well, I appreciate your kind words. First and foremost, that was a, definitely a fun track. Um, got to flex some muscles, some, uh, producer muscles that I don't normally get to flex, uh, in Kansas city here, but, uh, yeah, Jillian is fantastic. She, she's really what made that track, what it is, uh, her, her angelic vocals, if you will. So, uh, but yeah, as far as producing, I, I, when I started out on this about 11 years ago, you know, I had, uh, I've been, uh, very fortunate to have some mentors in my life that are personal friends of mine that are producers in Nashville and in LA. And, um, it was instilled into me at a very early stage in my journey here that, uh, you know, being able to record tracks is great. Getting some great sounds, you know, capturing great takes, um, you know, hitting a mix with the right EQ curves and the right compression, all that stuff is super important and vital. Uh, but there's this element, um, and one that I kind of don't feel is super popular here in Kansas city, uh, just being kind of that, that sixth man to use a basketball term, uh, you know, produce, uh, I still, Growing up, I would read liner notes. That kind of that also tells you how old I am. Besides the fact that I said I'm 41, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people listening to their podcast. Like, what the hell is a liner? What's liner a liner what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and rightfully so. I mean, we've been in the streaming age for you know how long now? So liner notes are unfortunately becoming a, a bygone of a different era. But right. uh, but you yeah. really have to dig to find out who produced things now and and find out who's really behind right. the music itself. Right. And uh, so one thing that I would always do, I always loved reading, like, even before I was into music at all, before I even started playing an instrument, I would always read about who, who produced, who mixed, you know, where it was recorded. Uh, I just loved that stuff uh, from a very early age. And so again, going back to my kind of my, my mentoring that I've been the beneficiary of, you know, these guys that are just you know, brilliant producers, you know, and still to me being that sixth man, being that 12th man, being that, that temporary member of the group or, or temp, you know, collaborator with an artist, there's just so much value in that because you, you remove, you, you remove the song from a kind of a vacuum, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. and brings the song further out into the light. And I think that's where you really grab a hold of it and, and start squeezing it for everything it's got. And, uh, I honestly, that's the collaborative process with, you know, digging into a song and getting everything out of it that we can. That's my favorite part of, of the front to back production, uh, steps. That's awesome, man. It's really well, awesome way to end that. It's all, it's all good. I should have been a better podcast host and help you end it, you know, <laughs> yeah. in there. And I, I, but, uh, I, I think you you said something. I think that's a reason it, it jumped out to me because there are so many talented artists in this city. Yes. Um, but but the reality is there's when it comes to production, there's a lot of people. Any of the people I know who are really good at producing, they now live in Nashville or L.A. or New York. Almost all of them. Like there there are other people, you know, hustling. I think that's what stuck out to me as well because I was like, man, this is badass production and you could tell like who i could tell like obviously i didn't know it was you at the moment but i was like whoever did this has that passion for i like that 
idea, the six man uh, in the team, you know, and, and growing it out of it. Now for you, you mentioned earlier that you were touring. And so were you doing your own music for a good while? Is that where you cultivated this, this passion for the, the soundscapes and the creativity? Yeah. You know, falling into recording and engineering and being a producer, it, it kind of happened the same way it happens. I think for a lot of people, you know, I've been playing the guitar for 25 years and, uh, about, right around the, the, the 13, 14 year mark, I was getting hired to do some touring and be, be people's guitar players on the road. And it just so happens that one of the guys that has, uh, become one of my greatest friends and probably my greatest mentor as a producer, his name is David Browning. He's in Nashville. And, uh, he was the band manager The how I got connected with him was probably getting on 12 years ago. Now he was the band manager for the artists that I was touring with. And uh, I was not into production at that time, but it was a relationship that, you know, we, we hit it off immediately and became friends and we've maintained a very close long distance relationship since then. So a a few years later, after that started, I kind of, I was looking for ways to grow my career. And I think that, like I said, what happens with most, most musicians is, you know, there's that allure of you know recording and production and starting a studio and and that's an amazing thing because that's what happened to me i just i just got bit by that uh i started doing some remote tracks for people uh around the country and i just got bitten really hard by that production bug and i thought well maybe i can you know get some tools and start recording my own stuff uh and then that's awesome um it just led from that to well maybe i can record other people's music and produce it and they can, you know, give me some money for it. And it just kind of grew from there. So that was about 11 years ago or so that that happened. And, you know, here we are in the West Bottoms. (laughs) Now, at what point did you decide, like, let's really organize this and create the Avenue, or sorry, I keep wanting to put the there, but Avenue Record Company, where did you organize that and start really just pushing uh, what you are building now? You know, uh, I think that that happened very early on, actually. Uh, it started out the first year or two. I was, <laughs> I actually have a picture. I, I should send it to you, you know, if you want to like throw it up on a screen, uh, on your screen at some point. But, uh, oh, I should have put oh. my phone on. Yep. There we it's go. It's all good. Is that Sorry. the picture? That wasn't the picture. I, I'm guessing. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that would have um, been perfect timing, though, <laughs> where your phone was like, actually, time. Siri's yeah. getting super creepy. She's like, this is the one you wanted. Speaking of that <laughs> picture, your first studio, Matt. Uh, no, that was a friend of mine beeping in. I should have probably put it on airplane mode. I don't know. So um, I'm sure there are directions in there to do that at some point, but I I failed. So It's all good. Uh, it's all but yeah, good. really just a couple years into it, I was like, I want to make this you know, I want to turn this into something. And it actually started as uh, Hope Studios. And okay. um, just very, you know, a, a few years ago, I kind of looked at the name Hope Studios. It's it's our oldest daughter's middle name. Um, I like the name. There's a background to it, but I won't get into that. But uh, I just kind of thought, you know, there's like a dance troupe in Texas that's called Hope Studios. And then there's like some kind of a graphic design company and you know california it's called it's like trying to name a band you (laughs) find like you you get a perfect name then you find out there's some band in minnesota that plays like four times a year and you're like right that's (laughs) well and that that on top of the fact that uh you know hope studios doesn't really you know beckon to like 
music production and recording and, you know, working with a producer, it's just kind of, I, I would actually get a lot of questions like what's Hope Studios. And uh, so I kind of explained it to him. And so a, about three or four years ago, I kind of rebranded, well, I rebranded to Avenue Record Company and uh, it just kind of voted a little more appropriately for, you know, being a production studio and you know, working with artists, recording music, et cetera, et cetera. So. Right. That's awesome, man. Now it seems like you are not just doing records like you're you have like all these different places where you're you're functioning like helping it looks like you're really helping develop bands entire product that they're putting out with like graphics and and uh video and all that is that was i was and in researching was i seeing that correctly like you have kind of a a multi i i'm, I'm missing the word i want but like uh, a full sh- full stop shop kind of deal going on yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, I would say the one thing I, I have people that I know that do graphics uh, and graphic design. Um, I, I definitely would not call myself a graphic design artist. I'm 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 barely barely able to use clip art. <laughs> so in that realm, I have some <laughs> folks that I lean on. Uh, fortunately, that are way better at that sort of thing than I am. But yes, video. Um, actually, video is something I've done for close to 13 years now. I actually started doing video production before. Uh, I started doing audio production and for a time I had a whole separate video production company and I did some work for some, some pretty big companies throughout the years. Um, I kind of started segueing and kind of merging the two companies just because I felt like, I felt like running two companies was taking so much time and energy. There's people that do it all the time and they'd probably like call me a big baby or something, but I just felt like it made more sense. Or they're crying like a big baby somewhere because they're like so burnt out. <laughs> One maybe, or the other. Maybe. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, I don't think I'm smart enough to be able to handle two businesses. So I, I kind of merged them together under the Avenue record company banner and, uh, do music videos, do a number of those, uh, you know, a couple every year or, or a few more and still do a good amount of corporate video work. Um, but it just seemed like a natural progression <clears throat> with the recording studio to be able to do that sort of thing with the people that I work with. And, uh, so yeah, it's Jillian, actually, we were just talking about her earlier. She did a live and local video. Um, I think it was released a couple weeks ago now. And that turned out great. So I've been working with Paul Chandler and Corey O'Mara doing uh, live and local videos from the the Avenue stage. So it's been really fun. I've been very thankful that I have that skill set to provide. So that's awesome, man. Now, I was reading about uh, development in in kind of your your notes of what you guys do. Do you and I feel like that's a missing piece, uh, like in the music industry, like most people want. Uh, you know, acts or bands or artists to be prepackaged, ready to go at this point is development a big piece of what you do. Is that a passion for you? Uh, yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with you hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I always feel like, and I did the same thing as a musician and, you know, countless bands, you get in this kind of spin cycle, as I call it, where you, you sit down and you write music together and you come up with some really great stuff and then you find a studio and sometimes a producer to work with and get that product out there. And then nowadays, you know, the third third step in that cycle is to upload it to Spotify and get it on streaming services. And then that's usually kind of where it ends with yep. a lot of artists. I'd say the vast majority of them, uh, especially, especially I feel like here in Kansas City, that's just, you know, and then you just repeat. You know, you get back mm-hmm. in, in the practice room and you write and rec- uh, you go record. Then you 
upload it to streaming services and you just find yourself kind of dancing in this circle and, you know, with no real tangible uh, success from it, you know what I mean? And, and I don't want to say that there's not success to be had from that, but, uh, you know, tangible steps in your career, I think, come right. from working with professionals in that realm. Once the product's made, once the product's out there, get with guys, you know, in the industry uh, and people, men and women that can really take that product that you work so hard to create and throw it out there. Um, I feel like, like you said, I feel like that's a big missing piece with a lot of people. So do you see your role, uh, to come alongside artists and bands to help them navigate that world? Yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to make some really great connections, uh, on that side of the fence on top of, you know, kind of through the guys that I know in the industry that are producers. Uh, one of the companies that I, I'm, I communicate with, I, I don't want to say I'm affiliated with them because I'm not a part of their company, but I do, right. uh, talk with them regularly, uh, Skyfall integrated solutions. Um, they're actually an affiliate of what's that. I'm not familiar with them. So I, oh, I it, it sounds like an IT proclaiming company. my ignorance. That's no, right. that's okay. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're a great company. Uh, they're not, you know, by any means a household name. So I would not expect anybody to, you know, be able to readily identify them. Um, but you know, and they're not a, an internet technology company like their name probably, uh, would lead you to believe Skyfall integrated solutions <laughs> kind of, yeah, all, all, all your intranetwork needs here at Skyfall integrated. Fans <laughs> so, are like, why are we talking to these guys right exactly. now? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but they're a great company. They work with artists. They do everything from like, you know, six to eight week long, um, Spotify promotion campaigns where they actually okay. help artists receive, real listens from real listeners, non, non bot affiliated likes. And uh, that's huge. Cause yeah. that's one piece that I'm, I, I'm getting ready to do six releases throughout the year, the rest of the year. Right. And I've just been looking, there's just, as you know, there's so many people who just want to take your money and help you do it the wrong way. Sure. Um, and, and with Spotify, that can be very dangerous and getting your stuff pulled down, those kind of things. So uh, that's, that's cool to hear that there's people who are legit making that stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they go from, you know, Spotify promotion, uh, campaigns all the way to, they themselves are actually a subsidiary of Sony records. So they can actually help a band or an artist become a subsidiary record label themselves of Sony records. Nice. So they, they facilitate, uh, label signings and label deals with artists. They kind of, you know, as far as that, that end, the business side, as we all call it, that's, that's really their specialty. So. That's awesome, man. Now you had cited uh, mentors. You, you've said this a few times throughout the interview. Um, and it sounds like mentorship has been huge for you. Is that a piece that drives you to then want to pour in to these other artists? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. Uh, mentorship. I, I would not be, not that I'm, <laughs> not that I'm some, you know, genius sitting up here on the fifth floor in the West bottoms or anything, but you know, whatever I am as a producer, as a, an engineer, as an artist, uh, I owe so very much of that to the people that have taken the time to invest themselves into me. And again, I'll go back to my buddy, David, David Browning, you know, uh, I think having a hunger to learn whenever you're doing anything is great and super vital. But the, the problem that I was ran into when I started out on this was uh, you can't ask YouTube videos questions. And uh, you can't say that again. I, you, I, you, I don't no, think that's, I understand. That's what you can't ask YouTube videos questions. 
you know, if you run into a very situational. I see. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I see what you're no, sorry. So learning, you know, using, using online resources and things like that, that's never something I would just dis- discourage somebody from doing. Cause I think that that's been very important in my growth as well. But uh, right. like I said, you can't ask YouTube video, uh, YouTube video questions. So having a guy like I had with David and some of the other guys that I've talked with, um, you know, they, I'd call them up, you know, year one, year two, year three, I'd call them up with just the most ridiculous, absurd questions. Cause I'm a total noob and I have no idea what I'm doing, but you know, those guys took the time to really sit down and, and explain it to me, you know, kind of like I'm five <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, which was very, very important because, you know, any sort of sophisticated conversations at that point would have been, you know, completely lost on me. So, but yeah, mentorship, you know, those guys have been just, just a total X factor with my growth. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's such a powerful thing in life in general. Like I've had many mentors just in life uh, as being a good husband, being a good father, those kind of things. But then in art and, and the people who have come alongside me and helped, uh, there's been people who have been older, people who have been younger, have just been further in the business. All those kind of things have helped. And I remember I read an interview. I, the artist will go unnamed, but this person moved to Nashville and, you know, was going to make it big kind of deal and is in the college paper. And, and he just, he spent like three paragraphs explaining how he was a self-made artist and how he had no influences that helped him. And it just, I I wanted to stab my eye out reading it because I'm like, bro, like even let's say you had no one helping you. The fact that you learned other people's songs, like even that is mentorship in my mind. It's like if you're going sure. back to some of these greats, they're teaching you how to write a song. Uh, and no doubt he had many people along there. And there's I think there's this this misconception of the self-made artist where like you really can't do it without mentors, without a community around you. It's just not it's not going to happen. And maybe there is that one, you know, phenom who just somehow barrels his way through or her way through. But anyone I've ever met that's that's tasted any kind of success, uh, they cite what you're citing, the mentorship, the people who came alongside them, the fact that they humbled themselves to be, you know, put themselves in the seat of the five-year-old to learn, you know, how do you, do you click here? Or do you click there? You know, I, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> Help me out. Sure. And that's awesome that you're wanting to now do the same thing and pour into other people. I love it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. And I, I think we share a very common thought and that there's so much talent here in Kansas city. And, um, you know, kind of my goal is to, you know, uh, I guess kind of a, a subset goal that I have is to, I don't know, whatever, whatever enlightenment I can bring to the idea of just working with professionals, you know, inviting people, that you can trust into your circle, uh, to help you do what you're doing. I think that that is, I think with guys in my industry doing what I'm doing, I think with bands Mm. that want to find success, I think the more willing you are to, to open the doors to professionals who can, who are qualified and good at what they do. And not only that, but who are very passionate about what they're doing and what you're doing. I think Mm. that that is such a vital key to, to getting out of kind of that spin cycle I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And there's folks, even you mentioned Paul Chandler earlier, where 
You know, he was someone that when our band was first starting, came alongside and taught us things. And I've seen him, you know, even following online where he tries to bring in, you know, different acts who have been further down the road to sit down, even, you know, pre-COVID, sit down at a coffee shop to where people could just pick their brains and, and hear what they've learned on the road. And, and I think the more we can do that as a community in Kansas City, the better off all of us are, uh, you know, for, for me, I will be, I, I love Nashville. I love LA. Um, and, but this is home and it's home for the next several years, at least, uh, with, I have four boys. And so like, we've made a commitment to stay and, <laughs> and be, and help them kind of, you know, get on with their, their lives and, and grow them up. But so, so it's like, if we're planted here, how do we invest here? How do we help build the community up? And, and for you, are you originally from Kansas City or or what then what maybe the other question is what drove you to set up shop here in Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I am actually from I grew up in Lee Summit. So nice. Uh, Kansas City, you know, lifelong Chiefs fan, which until a couple of years ago was oh. kind of a kind of a checkered pass <laughs> there. <laughs> so, yes, they, uh, I actually I was no longer a football fan because I was a lifelong Chiefs fan. Like they broke my heart during the era of like Nick Lowry, Christian Okoye, Derek Thomas, such phenomenal players, but they can never they just get right to the, yeah. the edge. It can never pull it off. And it just broke my heart so much. But then, my God, yeah, now it's. Anyways, I hijacked your story from being from Tennessee. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs are another another hot button for me. I could we could make another hour long podcast talking about those guys. So, uh, love them, lived with them, died with them. But uh, yeah, grew up in Kansas City. I was always just kind of, you know, moseying around town doing whatever. And um, uh, yeah, just like you like you said, it's it's home. You know, so it just made sense mm-hmm. to want to set up shop here and uh, you know whatever I have to offer to this artist community, you know, offer it freely and openly. Right. Now with three kids, right now, you said they're ages 10 and eight with the two yeah. twins. Did mm-hmm. I get that right? Mm-hmm. And twins, like we have four boys, but they're all, they all came out individually and they're all so much work. I love them to death, but it's each one has their own <laughs> you know, nuances and intricacies. I can only imagine what having twins would be like. Um, what, what are the things you've learned, you know, what's maybe one of the, one of the main big things you've learned of being a father in the music industry and like doing both well? Oh man. I think for me, that's, that's a really great question. I think for me, what I, what I hope to, I guess, I guess if I'm, maybe I'm mishearing it, what I hope to instill into my kids doing what I do in the music industry is, I wouldn't say it's so much music industry related, but more so just, you know, getting up and showing up every day, um, putting everything you got into it, being passionate about what you do, being passionate about the people that you do that work with. You know, I think that that's probably what I would like to pass on to them, no matter what they decide to do with their lives. And uh, I think my son Xander, we have boy girl twins and he's, 
I haven't run the tests on him yet. Well, tests, I sound like some like laboratory geek now, but <laughs> I think he's got that's, that's the other room in, in your studio when you turn the camera, the testing room. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, do you hear this in your left ear or your right ear? So, um, but I think he's got perfect pitch because he, he, they right. love, you know, like most kids, they love movies, they love Disney movies, and he'll just be belting it from across the house. So, I say, you know, whatever they choose to do in their lives, you know, I want them to take that that work ethic and that passion with him. But I, I think he's probably going to do something with music because he, the, the boys just got some pipes. My girls, I love them, love them, love them, but they cannot carry it to the bucket. But for whatever <laughs> reason, Xander, he's just got that. He's just got it. <laughs> so That's awesome. Well, and I like how you rework that question, honestly, is like, what, what do you want to instill in your kids? And that's, that's a great I think that's a great concept to think about. You know, I when the band, I was in a band called Run With It. We were touring all over the place. Uh, went to the Middle East and back and just hustling and doing our thing. Um, and when it came to the end of it, we realized, you know, it was it was not going where we wanted it to go. And it's time to end it and start something new. Um, I remember just being brokenhearted. Like my oldest was 14 at the time. I remember our 13 or 14. And I was just... I remember being on the back porch crying. I was talking to the producer we were working with at the time. And, and, uh, cause I think what hit me is like for years we have spent teaching and trying to instill in our kids that, you know, if whatever you want to do, if you put the time and energy and effort into it, it can come to fruition. Like it's going to pay off. And I felt like I was showing them that it was all bullshit because it came to an end. And, uh, luck, it was actually my own son who came to me, our oldest. And he was like, he, he knew that's what I was wrestling with. And he actually said, he's like, no, he's like, I've seen what you've done and I've seen where you've gone and it, you didn't fail with that. And like, that meant so much to me. Cause it was like, okay, like we, it's happening. What we were trying to do, even though it didn't work out the way I wanted to, what we were trying to instill really did pay off. And, yeah. and finally, you know, over time starting whole new things and now I'm on a different trajectory with it, but yeah, what do you want to instill in your kids? I think that's a that's a huge thing. And I get a lot I, I ask that question too, because I there's younger artists I get to hang out with and they're dreaming about, you know, maybe proposing to their girlfriend or boyfriend and and what what life's gonna look like. How do you have a family in this? And I think that's something like, you know, the twenty something artists who they're just wrestling with like how to like I've every, you know, you remember those days. Like I literally remember waking up at like six in the morning and going to bed at two, 2 AM. And you just wake up every single day. You're going again. Then you're on the road. And it's like, how do you fit a family? How do you fit kids? How do you fit all these things that you also want? And, uh, it's cool to hear that you're doing that successfully and you have those goals in it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that, man. And I, uh, just to echo kind of what you said, you know, I, I, uh, I admire, you know, what you've done, you know, cause I, I followed run with it. And, uh, when you guys decided oh, that's cool. to, to call it quits, you know, that was, that was a sad day for sure. And I can only imagine what you guys felt, but it's, you know, I guess to, to piggyback on what I said about, you know, wanting to instill in my kids, it's like, you really only ever fail when you stop getting up. And, uh, that's mm. a, a lesson that I've, had a very tough time learning just in the past couple of years. Cause I I've spent, you know, eight, nine, 10 years of what I'm doing, feeling like I'm failing every day. And, yeah. uh, you know, you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's so easy to do. And, you know, I think that that's something that you could say to anybody, you know, you, you only fail when you stop trying. Mm. Bro. I, I've taken a moment. Cause I'm not, I'm not shitting you 
in my journal yesterday, I'm, I wrote like a crazy madman over and over again. You only fail if you don't stop. Like or, um, you only fail. I actually, I, I just want to bring it up cause it's almost exactly, <laughs> exactly what you're saying. And it, it's hit me because as I'm starting these new endeavors, I'm feeling that like all the time. And, uh, you, I, that's crazy that you said that. That's so weird. Sorry. I'm being really unprofessional looking through all this. No, it's, it's all right. Not even my, and maybe I needed to write it more because <laughs> I can't even remember the exact words, but I said, the only way you fail is if you quit. If we keep going, the past only becomes lessons. And I literally just kept writing. The only way we fail is if we quit. If we keep going, the mistakes simply become lessons. And it's like I needed to tell myself that over and over again. And God, in this industry, because you can be on the height of it. I have friends who, like, they had their biggest moments, and then everything falls out from underneath them. They get trapped in a contract. All you know, all the pitfalls that you can live in. But in reality, if you keep getting back up, there, there's you're gonna find a new way. Not not in the spin cycle. You you don't want to keep doing the same exact thing. You want right. to learn from it and grow and adjust. I think that's a key because I think I just kept hitting the wall for a season <laughs> of my life. Yeah. But, you know, how do you make those those shifts and that adjustment? So that's huge. Thanks for humoring me on that, but no, that no, just no when you said that that just hit me because it literally I was just diving deep into that yesterday of wrestling with that man. That's huge. No, I, I agree. I agree. And it's, uh, I, thinking back, it's like, it's something I've heard throughout my life for quite a long time. But like I said, just in the past year or two, it's, it's something that finally made, I finally realized kind of what that really means. And like you said, it's not, it's not getting up and continuing to do the same thing over and over that, you know, doesn't work. It's about <laughs> making the adjustments, you know, going back to sports, you know, baseball is probably the quintessential example of like a game of adjustments, you know, right. hitters that th- hit 300 their whole career. They don't hit 300 because they're just that good at, at, at taking swings at a ball. They're that good because they make these adjustments that make them someone you can't pitch to. And so mm-hmm. the, these constant tweaks and adjustments and trying new things, sometimes you got to try 10 new things to find that one that worked. So I always joke in the studio, I have to have, 10 bad ideas before I want one good one. And maybe that makes me sound like a chump of a producer, but you know, that's what I think it takes. <laughs> I've often said that about songwriting where I'm like for every 10 songs, maybe one might be a good nugget. And sometimes it's just like the chorus you pull from that nugget and you write a whole other song and it goes through another 10 song cycles. And, yeah. and it's like, you have to keep massaging and working it and then getting feedback. And that's why I love the relationship with producers. Um, and I do. You, I, are, you, are you familiar with Josh Gleave at all? I know of um, him through through Jillian. I know she worked with him a few oh, times, okay. and so yeah, I I don't think I've ever met him though. Yeah, he's a great friend of mine and helped us produce. He helped produce really run with it. He was he was the sixth man uh, behind almost everything we were doing. He became a very trusted partner in that endeavor, and and man, I I don't think we would have made those steps without having that input and that feedback and, and the, Hey, why are you doing that? That sounds horrible. Here's a better op. You know, we had a close enough relationship. We could just start talking like that to each other where he's like, but if you did this, this would be better. And then I'd argue and say he's wrong. And then we try it and then find out he's right, you know, and those kind of things. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I've had those moments too with bands where, you know, I've gotten the answer before, you know, if I've suggested something or, you know, offered up uh, an alternative to something that was going on in a song, you know, this is the way we've always done it has sometimes been the, the answer I've gotten. And, you know, to me, that is, I think in any industry, that's kind of one of the most dangerous things you can, you can say, this is the way we've always done it. So you know, th- thank God throughout human history, that's, that's mentality that has, you know, not been adopted in large part, uh, by some, some pretty great people, you know, that right. we've, 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 we've happened upon some amazing things as far as humanity is concerned, uh, just because people were willing to say how we've always been doing it isn't good enough. So. Absolutely. Well, we, we, in the band we had to adopt is actually once we started working with Josh, like we're all strong personalities. I'm a very strong personality. I have an idea of what I want. Um, and we could, we literally found out that we could argue about an uh, idea for an hour or we, we would just try everyone's idea and then decide after it Be- because we would spend and waste so much time where finally we just like, we had three different ideas. Okay. Let's try each one and get feedback yeah. and, and actually see. And Man, saved us so much time. I think it helped us create a much better product in the long run. So, oh sure, that's yeah. Huge. When you when you get when you buy into that best idea wins mentality, you know it doesn't matter mm-hmm. whose it is, it doesn't matter where it came right. from. If, if it's a great idea, it's a great idea. And I think I think you can really create some amazing music when you when you look at it from uh, through that lens. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now, thinking of like the twenty-something artist. Uh, or maybe even younger, whatever they're, they're first starting out and, and they're wanting to figure out the next steps. What's, what's one of the biggest pieces of advice you'd want to say to them? If you had to, if you got to sit down with coffee with them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, I'd say, I'd say the best piece of advice would actually be two pieces of advice. Uh, if I can cheat here, absolutely. Um, the first one would be, you know, find, find people who have done what you've done or, or who have done what you're wanting to do and, and attach yourself to them on any capacity, uh, possible, you know, let, if they're willing to mentor you full on mentor you, let them do that. If there's somebody that you can just call up and have a conversation with once, once or twice a month, uh, you know, once every couple of months, you know, do that, but find, find people, you know, kind of going back to my own life, my own experience, I was fortunate enough to find a a few people that were way smarter than me. Um, so that, that would be, I guess, in a nutshell, just find people that are doing what you're wanting to do and find people that are smarter than you are because there's so much benefit from that. Uh, and then the second, second piece of advice, I would say, you know, never stop learning. Uh, even 11 years into this, I, I'll pull up, you know, one of the numerous YouTube channels that I subscribe to, you know, for music production or mixing or whatever, and uh, even if it's a topic that I've watched a thousand videos on, I'll, I'll pull something up and I'll watch it. Cause you just never know what you're going to learn uh, if, you know, until you hit play in, in that circumstance, you know what I mean? So there's, there's just so much information out there and you do have to be careful, but you know, that, that thirst for knowledge, I think is probably almost as crucial as finding people that can help you. That's awesome. And I remember when I was younger, I had this fear of almost learning the wrong thing. So I only wanted to go to like certain, you know, sources. And over time I realized like, just learn, like, for example, like fitness, like I'm doing endurance sports and there's like 15 different philosophies of how to do it. And 
So I, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to learn all 15, decide what works best for me. And I think that's huge to, like you're saying, like, let's just, just start learning and just start growing. And then as you get, as you try it out, I think you said earlier, try 10 different things. You find the one that works, like, just keep trying it. That's, that's great advice, man. When, uh, when you think of living a great life, like I'll transition to the last two questions for us. Um, for you, how would you define living a great life? right now? I would define it as, as, again, kind of two faceted here. Um, you know, loving and being passionate about the people that you're with and around, you know, like for me, that's my family. Uh, being a dad is my only regret with being a dad is that I waited until I was 30 to be a dad. (laughs) And, uh, that's, that's literally the only, the only downside to being a father. And so, you know, my wife, uh, we've been married, what will be 17 years in June. So that's awesome. You know, being loving the people you're with, being passionate about them, being passionate about what they're doing with, you know, even, even if with just my kids, you know, playing, playing Minecraft, listening to my son pace around the room for 20 minutes and, and talk about Minecraft, you know, <laughs> just, just loving that. And, I know and that being excited about that with them. And then, you know, on top of that, secondary to that would be, you know, the same thing, loving and being passionate about what you're doing, uh, even when it's not fun. Because uh, sometimes, as much as I love this, sometimes it's not fun. And, uh, yeah. but I always tell myself the worst day working this job that, I, that I've, job, I guess I should say, I've kind of created this job. <laughs> but, you know, the worst, my worst day in the studio here is better than just about any other day, any other best day I could have really doing anything else. So, you know, keeping, keeping that outlook, uh, I think that those, those two things will lead to living a very fulfilled life. That's awesome. I, we talk about mentors a lot back in my like mid twenties. Uh, it was a mentor who was much further down the road in the music world. And he actually said that exact thing to me. He's like, because I was roofing houses at the time, doing all sorts of stuff just to make ends meet. And he's like, just remember, let this let this all sink in how you feel right now, because your worst day when you get to where you want to be is going to be much better than your best day doing what you're doing right now. And God, that that proves true. But that's awesome, man. Loving and being passionate about the people and the things you're doing. That's huge. When you think about creativity, how would you right now in your life define creating great things? Oh man, that, that's, that's a really great question. Um, how I define creating, I might, I might ask, ask if you can elaborate on that a little bit, if you don't mind. That's a, that's a good question. (laughs) It's part of me wanted to keep the the questions very, uh, open. Like for me, I would, the only way I can think to answer is like right now I'm striving for consistency. Uh, so I would define creating something great right now as simply just I'm I'm trying to build systems of consistency because after the band ended and all that there I was in this consistent realm of creating constantly like even I would be on the tour in the tour van you know writing and and working um, and I I lost that consistency and so for me right now if I can get to the end of 2021 and look back and say I wrote consistently and I found that right system to get back to that. I will feel like, oh, that's a great thing. And that's why I say right now, too, because I have a feeling after I get that baseline again, 
then I'm going to probably define it by something else, you know, in the, in the years to come. But sure. I don't know if that helps or not. It does actually <laughs> to that... define great thing, great, creating great things. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And, um, and this, this may be an answer to the questions may not, but when, what you said made me think of kind of how I view creating. And, um, <clears throat> I think for me, creating great things stems from, it's, it's a pretty simple mindset, but just everything that I do in this studio, every time I work with an artist and we release new music, I want it to be the absolute best thing that has ever come out of this studio. And then when the next project comes down the pipe, I want that to be the best thing. And so this, this constant, to use a word you used, consistent stair step of always bettering what I'm doing, always being better than past me. So I don't know if that answers the question or not. Uh, I, I think that's great. And, and purposely, I love philosophy of, of all things, really. And, and I was hoping to keep these things open-ended to where you can take them really where you want them. And I, yeah, I think that's great. And in, in this world, I think consistency is such a huge thing. And, I, and obviously, from the products you guys are putting out and helping other people create, that's happening. So that's, that's awesome to see, man. I love well, thank it. you. I appreciate that, man. Well, thanks for making the time. And uh, I'm inspired, man. And uh, I I hope you enjoyed it. So, Yeah, I'm, you said you're releasing music soon. So I'm very excited to hear what you and Josh have been working on. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to 2021. It's um, it's a started off as a weird year, but I'm, uh, I'm very excited about it. So awesome. thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create Podcast.